from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C's in your deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Entormation Complex. This is Wednesday, the 8th of December, the year of our Lord 2021. Can't be over soon enough. Not the day, the year. Like the turning of the calendar has any effect on the fates. Which not only laugh at the plans of mice and men, but they don't particularly give a damn about calendars. This morning, we're laboring under the tutelage of general managers Joseph R. Biden, D. Delaware, and Vladimir Putin, D. as a dictator, Moscow, in the wake of their big conference call. Honorary, honorary general manager. This morning, Jack Armstrong, the host of the aforementioned radio program for nigh on what is it, uh, 23 years, uh, 23 plus years. Uh, Jack had surgery yesterday uh, to deal with his uh, acute gallbladder thing yesterday afternoon. He is at home. He is resting. I don't know if he's resting comfortably, but he expects to join us from his home studio at some point this morning. So uh, he's optimistic that that will happen. So that's good. Uh, Honorary, honorary, honorary general manager is my dog, Baxter, who is uh, undergoing uh, surgery himself. Uh, did uh, before long uh, this morning, first thing in the morning, bright and early, deal with a uh, a cancer thing. Well, it's a tumor. Um, unfortunately, it's in a place that it, it will be very very difficult to get it all. Uh, don't know if I have months with the lad or years. Difficult to say. Uh, thank you everybody for encouraging notes both about Jack and Baxter. Uh, for the record, I feel fantastic. <laughs> At least I feel like I can get through the show today. We will see. My goodness, we have a lot of things to talk about today. Not only the the Putin call, uh, which was interesting, the Jussie Smollett trial gets more hilarious by the day. What the poor jurors are being asked to believe. Well, I just hope the uh, the prosecuting attorney does a, God, a good job of pointing out to them the absurdity of what they are being asked uh, to believe. Uh, gosh, we have... Uh, California and and other progressive states new woke math coming under withering fire from America's math professors. Thank goodness. Thank you all for standing up for what is decent and good school districts teaching students how to cast spells on people who don't uh, sign on to the new white people suck, uh, you know, uh, anti-racism garbage. Uh, So much to talk about. Uh, So we hope you can stay tuned. Uh, on the way, we've got uh, Freedom Loving Quote of the Day mailbag, the rest of it, I suppose. Uh, long story, very, very short on the Putin call. Uh, first of all, and this is highly unfortunate. Did I uh, not? I printed it out, but I didn't grab it off the printer. There it is. Oh, I did grab it. Okay. Uh, first of all, you know what? Why don't we start officially according to FCC rules and regulations? We're Armstrong and Getting. We approve of this program. Here we go at Mark. President Biden looked President Putin in the eye and told him today that... (laughs) (laughs) Told him my bus been wet. Well, 
if I were, say, to be in a writer's meeting at Saturday Night Live, and we're working on the, the big opening sketch, it's going to be great. It's going to be uh, Biden and Putin. Uh, and, and, and the writers are tossing around ideas uh, for the, all right, how, how does it start? And one of the writers said, well, yeah, Biden, Biden's super old, super old. So he probably doesn't, like, get technology, like uh, Zoom calls and stuff. And so <laughs> this is great. You're going to love this. So well, well, why don't we start the call with Biden muted, and he doesn't know it because old people don't understand. they got to unmute their and I would probably say, as Michael gets ready to play clip number 30, I would probably say, you know, it's, it's amusing, but it's a little cliched. Do we have anything better than that? Well, this is not a sketch. This is reality. Biden's lips moving. Hello. Good to see you again. I, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> last time I, we didn't get to see one another. Oh, this is the man who's going to sit down at the poker table like Matt Damon across from John Malkovich and what was that movie, Rounders, something like that? Anyway, he's going to sit down for the big giant two-on-two, mano-a-mano, stare down with perhaps the greatest bully on earth. Vlad Putin, that's the guy, oh, the old fella can't unmute his mic, and then he stammers and stumbles and can't put together a sentence and the rest of it. Well, long story very, very short, uh, the, uh, the uh, Graham Potus, I think that's Jimmy Kimmel's line, Graham Potus um, made it clear that, yeah, there would be uh, stiff, stiff sanctions if uh, Putin went into uh, into Ukraine. He would be essentially booted out of the international banking system and the rest of it. And they made various uh, diplomatic noises at each other. We can get down to uh, more specific details. Um, but the president did make it clear that they would be, there would be a heavy price for grabbing up Ukraine. And uh, I was going to save it for mailbag, but I thought it was so clever. Um, got an email from one of our beloved listeners who pointed out, um, ah, yeah, it's a pat in the hood. Biden had a meeting with Putin where he didn't say you can't take Ukraine. He told him the cost. This is what it'll cost, as if it's his to sell. He should either say no by all means or Biden should stay out of it. Interesting take. He said yes. The uh, Western, I think it's the Western, the Eastern, a uh, uh, chunk of Ukraine that you so badly covered, I guess, uh, covet. I guess it's the Eastern part. Uh, yeah, that'll cost you uh, uh, no access to the international banking system for six months and blah, 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 blah. And Putin said, okay, thanks. You probably jotted down a few notes or had his people do it. Hung up the, uh, the the call with Biden, who probably left the connection open for a while and then, then shut it down, um, and then said, all right, let's see, Ukraine's going to cost us this, that, and the other. Let's figure out if it's worth it. And they went to work making that determination. So we have more detail on that story and all the other stuff we talked about. Uh, mailbag is coming up. It is strong. If you'd like to squeeze in a last-minute uh, spasm of brilliance, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Please do stay with us. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. talk in more detail about the announced discussions between Putin and Biden and what uh, was threatened and promised and the rest of it. Uh, A lot of Putin's rhetoric reminds me a great deal of various uh, expansionist states throughout time who have made it uh, clear that all they're looking for is a little uh, Lebensraum in the case of Hitler, uh, which means literally living room. He didn't want a living room. Like a place where, no, no, Michael, no, 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 no. Play the buzzer on yourself. Do you have the buzzer handy? Play it on yourself. That's right. That's right. right. You deserve it. Don't you feel better? The Hitler bell is for needless and lazy, lazy references to Hitler. Not specific, educated, semi-barely sophisticated references to the history of the Third Reich. All right. I apologize. Well, all right. It's accepted. It's manfully said, and I appreciate it. So what the Chancellor of Germany in the 30s and 40s said was that uh, they needed Lebensraum, which is uh, the the literal translation of which is living room, which does not mean a room with a coffee table, a couch, and a couple of chairs. Uh, It means a room to live or uh, elbow room, just security room. We can't be penned in like this. And uh, Putin's uh, big speech to Biden, allegedly, reportedly, is that, I don't know, you guys, you, the NATO is coming awfully close to our borders. You're making us really uncomfortable. All we need is a little buffer space. That's all we're asking, just a little buffer space. So, again, there have been many times through history, just a little buffer space has turned into invading one or more countries uh, to expand one's territory. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. More to come uh, in the next segment. First, though, our freedom-loving quote of the day. Former British Prime Minister Tony Blair. I love this. A simple way to take measure of a country is to look at how many want in and how many want out. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you show up to a restaurant and there's like nobody there and you're not even sure it's open. (laughs) You're thinking, do I even want to go in there? Probably not. United States of America is a restaurant with like 50 yards of velvet rope and a line around the block. It's like voodoo donuts in Portland if you're not getting mugged. It's like it's like many, many famous, wonderful places. Actually, the voodoo donuts thing is a little touristy. I mean, donuts are donuts. Sorry. Anyway, here's uh, your mailbag. The U.S. has a line around the freaking global block. The worst system in the world. Shut up! Boy, we got a lot of great email. We may even do some bonus mailbag a little bit later on. Uh, If you're just tuning in, Jack is recovering from his medical procedure and will uh, join us in a little bit, or so he thinks. Uh, Matt writes... What to call the talking heads at CNN and MSNBC that'll drive them nuts. We were talking the other day about how I'm not freaked out about the Chris Cuomo thing. Number one, because, I don't know, cable news is just over-discussed and overrated. But also because I knew he was a lying partisan hack. He's a mobster, and so is his brother. I thought everybody knew that. So he shows his true colors. I just, I can't work up any real outrage. And and Don Lemon, please. Yes. He's a... 
does Pervo come on to guys in bars, and he and he alerts Jussie Smollett that the Chicago cops are onto him. And yeah, he's a hack and a cheat. And I thought everybody knew that. Anyway, uh, what to call the talking heads that'll drive them nuts? Matt says get the get the term content creators going for these people that consider themselves journalists. Already in use for the various YouTube personalities that uh, comment on media news, etc. It's not insulting to them, but the lying liars on legacy media would hate it. Yeah, that's right. And honestly, you know, I, I spend my days reading the, the legacy media and the alternate media and the rest of it. Um, and, and frequently you'll come across like Dana Milbank wrote an infamous column the other day uh, claiming, according to this study, which has been condemned left, right and center. The study stated that Biden was getting even worse media coverage than Trump, which is. A, a, a notion so ridiculous and bizarre you can't even believe anybody would make it. In fact, uh, Matt Taibbi, famously a liberal but an independent thinker, um, thought that was one of the most astounding and stupid things he'd ever heard. But Dana Milbank, who we've talked to several times, he's a very bright man, a very pleasant guy, uh, but he was writing that stuff in the Washington Post. You can't call him a journalist. Call him a content creator. I like that. It's a very subtle shot. Let's see. Uh, oh, on a similar note. Matt in Honolulu writes, from the people who brought you Latinx, coming soon to an NPR station near you, the enlightened whites will guide the backward brown savages in the correct way to speak their own language. And I present to you the term Filipinex. Yes, it's actually making the rounds. Kill me, Matt in Honolulu. (laughs) Sorry, Michael, I should have warned you. I love that. Kill me. I love that Ricky, eat your face clip. Kill me. Nice to hear from you, Matt. Uh, let's see. Well, I'm going to leave that one out for a while because I want to expand on it. How about this from uh, Jeanette? AOC is an idiot, she writes. I think she's reasonably bright. I just think she's so deluded by her technology. Any shred of wisdom, which you really need to connect facts and then to speak non-nonsense. I believe her ideology has clouded any sense of wisdom she could possibly have at her tender age of 20, whatever it is. Uh, anyway, Jeanette writes, uh, AOC's uh, to say that the riot, smashing and grabbing and looting is not happening is ridiculous. To quote Mythbusters' Adam Savage, I reject your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> That's a very Adam thing to say. Seems to be a more appropriate sentiment than these are the droids you're looking for. But it's gaslighting nonetheless, my two cents. Yes, we've retired the term gaslighting forever, Jeanette. But if you want to use it, you can. I reject your reality and substitute my own. I like that. Shout out to Adam, by the way. Uh, Pat in the hood. Oh, that's that's the that's the uh, the the Ukraine call. So he told Biden what it. Uh, I'm sorry, Biden told Putin what it would cost to invade Ukraine. Told him the price. Now Putin gets to rub his chin and go to Mrs. Putin and say, "I don't know. It's awfully expensive, but I don't know, like they're looking at a car or something." Uh, let's see, Marina in San Diego with an interesting note about uh, meth addicts in Southern California. By the way, after the A and G show during the, after the radio show today, which of course you can grab later via podcast at ArmstrongandGetty.com. It's uh, Armstrong and Getty on Demand. That's the radio show that we do. We repackage it as a podcast. Anyway, uh, but then we're, uh, we're going to do an extra large pa- podcast with a uh, uh, Bruce Quinones. Is it Bruce? Why is that flooded out of my head? Because I'm old. Uh, the guy who wrote that fascinating new uh, Sam Quinones, that's right, of course, about um, uh, a great new book about n- not only uh, opiates and, and fentanyl, 
and the astounding death toll is taking, but also the P2P meth, the the old meth, which is new again, which is incredibly pure and cheap and potent and is the reason we have junkie camps on our streets. So looking forward to that conversation. We will feature that on the show tomorrow. Uh, anyway, on the topic of meth addicts, Marine in San Diego writes, I've made an observation here in Southern California. In older communities, there I believe there are a lot of homeless addicts because those are the areas they grew up in. They go back to their now aging and elderly parents and take advantage of them in so many ways. They make promises of change, pull on the heartstrings, while they steal or beg for money or take their valuables, only to head out on the streets again to do drugs. I have several friends I grew up with that that is their life from La Jolla to the border, from the beach to the East County. If there are long-term residences, you find junkies. In the newer developments, you don't. I can't swear to that. I haven't made that observation myself, but uh, it's an interesting thought. Uh, and and she believes the people in police just won't tolerate it there because it's not their friends and relatives. Drugs suck. Thanks, China. Uh, Marina in San Diego. Thank you, Marina. Some excellent points. Finally, Jake in Charlottesville writes, so Tony Fauci uh, purports to represent science somebody needs to pull up put him on the record regarding biological males participating in say college swim meets then either watch liberal heads explode or put to bed for once and for all this that this twit quote represents science thanks jake it's a good point reference to the penn state swimmer who's busting up all the records used to be a dude until very recently the biden putin call and much more to come stay with us armstrong and get The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Biden looked President Putin in the eye and told him today that things we did not do in 2014, we are prepared to do now. There you go. Hello. Good to see you again. I, uh... Unfortunately, last time I we didn't get to see one another at the G20. I hope next time we meet, we do it in person. My boss been wet. So President Biden looked Putin in the eye and told him, I don't understand how the mute button works. Joe Biden is a dummy. Oh, golly gee. Doesn't he have people? Doesn't he have people for that? I mean, it's not a big deal, but... Um, if you've ever been part of like high stakes negotiations or really tense negotiations, and and one of you just starts out floundering, that it changes the magnetic fields and poles in the room. You know what I mean? It just the, the mood changes. The your your uh, your confidence can evaporate and just yeah Anyway, let's not overstate the importance. Of our ancient president not understanding how the, 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 the his people again, not understanding how to get a call started, and let's get onto the substance of old man Biden and shirtless Vlad Putin. I assume he was shirtless, holding a hockey stick, trying to prevent war in Europe. They had a video call yesterday, uh, and prior and President Biden warned Putin not to mount a new invasion of Ukraine, laid out the economic and security costs uh, Russia would face if they went down that path. 
Biden also offered a diplomatic route to end the tension that has arisen since the Kremlin for the second time this year, massed troops and material near the border with Ukraine, raising fears of of an offensive larger and more deadly than its invasion eight years ago, which was plenty deadly enough. Um, let's, uh, let's go to Fox News' Jackie Heinrich for a brief report. 33, please, Michael. The White House did not divulge specifics of the sanctions package, but said Biden made no concessions, including on President Putin's request to block Ukraine from joining NATO. Instead, the U.S. is preparing economic punishments with European allies. Members of Congress were briefed by the White House, including on one measure so strong, Western allies opted not to use it, even after Russia took Crimea in 2014. Not business as usual, not the usual kinds of sanctions, but uh, as far as we can possibly go with sanctions, deny the entire international banking system to uh, the Russians and things like that. I can only assume that uh, Putin has amassed most of his wealth in gold bars or uranium or something like that in preparation for such a move. That, But that was the move that in uh, 2014, uh, he said, if the U.S. were to do that, that's an act of war. Of course, you know, big talk is one of the, the main uh, tools of the expansionist dictator. Uh, always has been. So how seriously to take that is difficult to say. The uh, defense minister of Ukraine is in no laughing mood. Clip 35. I will not believe that Russia will uh, have a victory in Ukraine. It's a different because it will be a really bloody massacre. And Russian guys also will come back in the coffins. Old hand Lloyd Austin. You remember Lloyd Austin? I didn't realize he was still kicking. I'm glad, but I didn't realize it. Anyway, he's uh, he's commenting on the uh, similarities and differences, uh, the situation now and when the Pooter invaded Ukraine uh, in 2014. Uh, 37, Michael. We also see uh, destabilizing rhetoric uh, in uh, uh, in the area that... Uh, that's that's very concerning. We see uh, in, in the info, information space there's uh, there's some very unhelpful language. Uh, we see some cyber activities. You heard President Zelensky say recently that uh, he was concerned that there was an effort to destabilize his administration. So when you add all those all, all those things together, this looks very familiar. It looks like a, a replay of 2014 when. Uh, when Russia invaded uh, Ukraine the first time. My apologies. I misread the way that clip was labeled. That's the sec def. That's the current guy um, commenting that it looks just like 2014. I would agree. And then uh, the always self-consciously, t- tiresomely clever Kennedy, uh, John Kennedy, the senator from Louisiana, clip number 39. I think President uh, Biden needs to tell uh, Mr. Putin that if you do this, we're going to eliminate you from the international uh, financial system. Not a sanction here and there. We're going to cut you off. We're going to cut you off like a dead stump. And then uh, there was some talk that Germany had agreed that if Russia moves on Ukraine, they would uh, discontinue that Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline that's been so controversial um, for how long and, you know, permanently? Are you going to blow it up or are you just going to refuse to take shipments for uh, a couple of years? I don't think Vlad Putin uh, matters, uh, minds that that much. So it's difficult, um, you know, difficult to say how significant that is. So here's the situation. 
Yeah, Putin wants Ukrainian territory. Got a bunch of Russian-speaking people there. It used to be part of the Soviet Union. Putin wants to be the great man of Russian history, one of the great czars who re-expands the Russian Empire and takes back the land that is rightfully theirs. All of that in quotes, of course. Um, That may be his goal. That may be his only goal. And he is simply uh, meeting with Biden to assess what the costs are going to be. Um, and, and to assess, all right, can we reduce those costs somehow or other? I'm sure he's got his best minds working on it behind the scenes. Um, or, or, or indeed has the West found it, its spine and balled up its fists and is going to resist in a significant way? Uh, it's not going to be a, 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 a kinetic way, by the way. There's no way we're going to war. There's no way NATO's going to war to defend Ukraine. And, uh, and Putin knows it. But anyway, it's also possible. And this is what I'm hoping. Putin has a legitimate, he has legitimate room for concern. If NATO is indeed uh, trying to recruit Ukraine and or more heavily arming the states that that most closely surround uh, Russia, uh, you can't fault him. We wouldn't want, you know, the Chinese to 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 take over Juarez City and Tijuana and 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 heavily arm those. We'd go crazy. So it's possible that Putin is by running this gigantic, unprecedented, looks like preparing for an attack military exercise. He can wrangle out of the U.S. and NATO concessions about, all right, we won't recruit Ukraine. Uh, you know, we won't more heavily arm, you know, pick a country in Eastern Europe, Poland, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you. We'll, we'll, we'll keep a conversation going about this. Now, old man Biden said there's no way we'll compromise on the NATO thing because the Ukraine, like every other country on earth, has the right to make its own, uh, you know, alliances and the rest of it. If they want to join NATO, they get to. And it just could be the opening offer. We'll have to see. Does Putin move on Ukraine? I say 60-40, yes. But, again, others uh, who know as much or more would disagree. Oh, the two leaders did come out of the uh, the meeting, the Zoom call, and tasked their teams with engaging in what the Kremlin termed, quote, substantive consultations on sensitive European security issues, including Russia's complaints that NATO is encroaching on its borders and conducting threatening activities on Ukrainian territory. That's not true. That's bull dung. He's, he's amassed 100,000 troops on the border, or will have that many soon, with another 75,000 in reserve. And he says the poor Ukrainians are conducting threatening activities. That's hilarious. Um, and and it, don't forget, and there are a number of examples of this through history, quite a number, including several that the U.S. of A. engaged in, uh, where all Putin has to do is send a couple of geeks across the border, and he's done this before. Have those geeks don fake Ukrainian uniforms, have them shout down with Russia, squeeze off two, three rifle shots in the direction of his troops, maybe even kill a few. If that would help sell the ruse, because Putin would absolutely do that to his own troops. Um, you know, have a, uh, kill a couple of his guys and say, my God, the Ukrainian uh, aggression cannot stand. And then he sends his 100,000 guys into Ukraine. That's probably what's going to happen. Like I say, 60-40. Maybe even, uh, yeah, we'll leave it at 60-40 and see how things develop. So that's what happened. Uh, enough on that. Uh, more to come on the smash and grab situation, uh, the bums and junkies, the drugs. I think, I think, I think 
People are starting to wake up to the realities and starting to reject the unicornian narratives that we've heard from the mainstream media and the left for so long. A couple of examples coming up. Coming up next hour, before I forget to tell you, taking a look at the landscape of new conservative media slash web hosting services and that sort of thing. Uh, the idea being, of course, you know, there are a number of ideas, including, you know, trying to get your eyes and ears, uh, but also making sure that, for instance, a parlor or a conservative uh, editorialist can't be deplatformed by Google. So the good, the bad, and the ugly of that movement coming up next hour. Hope you can stay tuned. If you can't, you can always grab uh, the show via the Armstrong and Getty On Demand podcast at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you like to get uh, podcasts. It was a couple of years ago, I think, that we became aware through a friend of the Armstrong and Getty show, James Lindsay, that uh, there was a movement in the math field to wokeify math, that two plus two equals four is white supremacy and oppression, and that... Uh, people ought to be able to arrive at their own answers based on their cultural something or other. And it's just, it's madness. It, it has to do with, uh, Orwell's brilliantly articulated principle that the, the Marxists, they who would, uh, tear down society and, and reform it, um, under the leadership of the party, they have to destroy all objective truth because then all that exists is the never ending present in which the party is always right, as Orwell put it. So anyway, uh, this is interesting, though. Hundreds of highly distinguished science and math professors have signed an open letter expressing urgent concern over the state of Cal Unicornia's efforts to reform mathematics education in the name of social justice. We don't really have a theme for this segment, but it might be if you live in a blue state, get your kids the hell out of public schools. Unless you live in one of those uh, absolutely lovely, more conservative enclaves within the blue state where sanity remains at least part of the equation. No pun intended. Anyway, the letter signed by 597 science, technology, engineering, and mathematics professionals said the California Department of Education's proposed new mathematics framework will aim to reduce... uh, Achievement gaps by limiting the availability of advanced mathematical courses to middle schoolers and beginning high schoolers, making it more challenging for students to succeed in STEM at college. The essence of the plan is that, well, let's see, in our union-owned public schools, there's a huge achievement gap between, say, students of color and white kids and Asian kids. Here's what we do. We make it impossible for the advanced kids to achieve. We eliminate those classes, so there's no achievement gap anymore. We've done it. We've fixed it. Of course, anybody with an ounce of sense understands how utterly amoral, insidious, and damaging this can be, and this 600 or so science uh, you know, teachers and professionals agree. The signatories also condemn the uh, California Department of Education's, quote, deeply worrisome trend of favoring trendy but shallow courses like data science over essential mathematical tools like calculus and algebra. The framework, they argued, would have the opposite effect of what it intends by leading, quote, to a de facto privatization of advanced mathematics K-12 through education and disproportionately harm 
lower-income students. Subjecting the children of our largest state to such an experiment is the height of irresponsibility, the letter said. So again, what they're pointing out is that if, if the advanced math opportunities for all kids disappears in public schools, it's going to privatize advanced mathematics and make it impossible for the gifted child of color. And there are millions of them. Maybe we need to work harder to discover them. Fine, great, let's do it. But removing those opportunities, what an obscene strategy. And the only availability will be in private schools, obviously. Um, that's just, oh, it's just so crazy. Uh, the signatories demanded that all students, regardless of background, have access to math curriculum with precision and rigor, and that students be offered multiple pathways to explore mathematics at varying grade levels in middle and high school. Excellent idea. Uh, multiple pathways. Quote, far from being deliberately held back, all students should have the opportunity to be nurtured and challenged to fulfill their potential. This is not only for their own benefit, but also for society and the nation's economic competitiveness. Remember, friends, we brought this to you last week, I think it was. And it was also in the context of some of the bizarre uh, moves being made in education in New York and California, one of the heads of the teachers' union said categorically, and I should have printed this quote out and had it handy because it's so stunning. And this is not some obscure, you know, a theoretical thinker. This is one of the leaders of the major national teachers' union saying, we reject the very idea of someone being more gifted or talented. It's straight out of Kurt Vonnegut's Harrison Bergeron, which I've referenced many times. I read it in middle school, and it devastated me. I thought, wait a minute. It's about a a, a society in which equality is enforced, in which the strong, handsome, capable, artistic, uh, brilliant Harrison Bergeron, the name of the fella, was handicapped in various ways to force him to be no better than anyone else. And Vonnegut, for all of his cynicism and liberalism and anti-war activism and the rest of it, he believed firmly in letting the human spirit flourish however it needed to. And that's different from you, for you and me and, and him and her in it, which is wonderful. That's one of the things that makes this country so incredible, is we have the opportunity to explore our potential in whatever way we see fit, be it artistic, be it as a, a, a Marine or a Navy SEAL, a, a school teacher, a business person, an accountant or a pilot. But what the Marxists are trying to do, and even if they're not literally Marxists, they're so close, I'm going to go ahead and call them that. What they're trying to do is eliminate that in the name of this shared misery of socialist mediocrity. And it is one of the most cruel and horrific things you could possibly do. I am on board to the extent that I support the idea of public schools at all. And I do for now. Troubled history there. But anyway, um, If we have to do a better job as a society of turning people onto science and math, or, you know, for that matter, language, arts, and music, then we're doing now. If we need to make learning more attractive and more fun to various uh, communities, I'm 100% down with that notion. Let's find creative ways to do it. But the idea of squashing the top, of denying that there's such a thing as talent, 
I mean, that's sick. It's beyond ill-advised. It's twisted. It's nearly psychotic. And it's probably happening in a school near you if you're in a blue state. You know, I really wanted to get to this story uh, by Spencer Lindquist, who was uh, also a, a California student, and, and he was troubled um, by some of the doctrines they were trying to, well, indoctrinate the kids with half a dozen years ago. And he went back to his high school to see what's going on in uh, in California again, as it turns out. But um, and, and it is just astonishing. The extent to which there's ideological indoctrination going on is it's 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 worse than you think. And this is not some alarmist crap. We don't traffic in that around here. It, we, I wouldn't say it unless uh, I believed it to be so. Um, but they are actually trying to teach the kids to hate white kids and white people and teach the white kids to, to hate themselves. Uh, so we'll go into a little more detail on that uh, in uh, in a couple of minutes. Uh, Jack also, I think, will be joining us. He's recovering from his surgery. I'm sure he'll tell us all about it. Also, police departments planting decoy packages to deter porch pirates. I love this idea. The cops are refusing to say what's in them or what's going to happen, but they're teasing the thieves. Say, go ahead, take your chances. I kind of like it. Have you ever done that? I've known a few people who have. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. It's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. So much to talk about the new conservative media movement and more next. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You missed the segment. Grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty.